never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Alright, hey guys, welcome back to Maddie Sanzo's podcast. Um, I have a special guest with me today. Um, he's a very smart man from what I know so far, and I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot more again today. Um, his name's Jarrah, and he is the owner of Swift Supplements. Um, so welcome, Jarrah. Thanks for coming on. No worries at all. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited. So um, quick background, uh, Jarrah and I connected via, I found him on social media, obviously the Swift Supplements. Um, we got chatting and he was more than willing to help me out straight away um, with supplements. He gave me a call and gave me heaps and heaps of info, which are not a, lot of, uh, not a lot of people do that. They don't give up their time straight away for, I guess, a stranger. Um, so he's a really great guy and this is going to be an awesome podcast just based around, you know, like kind of the common questions when it comes to supplements and, and you know, we might go a little bit left centre. But um, anyways, Jarrah, I'll t- uh, hand it over to you. So give us a little bit of a background on, you know, um, yourself, like where you've come from and kind of how you got to where you are today. Um, basically, I when I was younger, I used to be really uh, keen in mountain bike racer. Yep. And I just loved racing and training and, and, and all aspects of it. Um, and I eventually raced national races and went overseas and raced World Cups and the World Championship. Um, and after that, I decided I was really interested in the training side of things and went off and studied sports, exercise and sports science. Um, and yeah, just, it sort of just all went from there. I kept, kept racing then and, um, sort of applying it and then started working with what I was learning and, and more and more about myself and about training. I started working with other mountain bike racers and then other athletes in different sports as a sort of strength and conditioning coach slash sports scientist. Um, and then just as I sort of worked my way through different athletes and, you know, gaining my knowledge and, and growing, um, I started working for, as a sports scientist at a professional sporting team and, um, the way oh, I did a master's, sorry, before that, um, and in high performance athlete science, and up in Queensland. Um, and from that uh, that job, I mean, I get questions as so many trainers do, and so many people do, um, and, and athletes. What supplements sort of do should I take to enhance my performance and to get the edge? And I was always uh, cautious in recommending anything. Because I didn't know, you know, I'd like one supplement from one company. I'd be like, oh, I don't want it. But I didn't like, say, you know, they might sell weight loss supplements, which are complete bullshit as well. I'm like, okay, so the integrity of this company when there's no evidence for weight loss supplements that do anything uh, and they sort of sell these, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't didn't sit well with me. Plus the the banned substances, anti-doping, using the same blenders for the same products and different things like that that may have banned substances, especially like 10 years ago when it was a really hot thing starting with uh, one of the football clubs got got in quite a bit of trouble, as you would mm, probably yeah, know, yeah. in AFL clubs. Um, so I was really hesitant to uh, to, to recommend anything um, at, at, at the time and um, I'd always say, look, supplements are sort of the last thing you have to look at. So well, one of the last things, it's just a very small piece of the puzzle, puzzle that can mm. assist you that is that is built on uh, your, you know, on, on your main base, which is your training and your nutrition. Yep. And um, 
but they certainly can help, uh, obviously. And um, anyway, one of my uh, athletes at the time, he just said uh, he was actually an Australian champion motocross racer, Todd Waters. Yep. He who's become one of my best friends, and he said to me, uh, he said, "Why don't you just make it yourself?" And I and I just common oh, question like, right oh, there. Oh no, nah, nah, you know. And, yeah. and he's like, you. Yeah. And I remember, and then I went away and I thought about it, and I said, "Oh, all right." So I did a bit of research, and I thought, well, if I can formulate just the very best formulas for my product for, for my athletes. And it wasn't for sale or anything like that. It wasn't even a, a business really idea. And I said, I'd do that. So I went away and I basically just made what my athletes needed um, and started testing and giving to them. Mm-hmm. And it was all, all third-party tested and no banned substances and things like that. So we went just every single, like got the best ingredients and formulas that I could produce for the right dosages and everything. And then suddenly I'd get, other athletes who I didn't know sending me a message or a sports scientist or a dietitian or another coach or, or, or trainer or personal trainer saying, oh, hey, so we're speaking to so-and-so and he's got, you've been using these, you know, making these supplements for him. Can we buy some off you? And I put these horrible cool. labels yeah. on them. Yeah, and eventually and started selling them. And then it sort of went from that and it grew and grew and grew. And put them online and, and, and did all those sorts of things and um, yeah grew into a business which I'm quite passionate about um, and from there I, I still I was working for quite a few years still training athletes um, and then now the, the supplement side of thing has really sort of taken over I'm still very passionate and talk to quite a few athletes about their training and um, help them out but the, the supplement business has really sort of taken over yeah no it's so good i um obviously can vouch for how good it all tastes too and how i feel like <laughs> i think my favorite is the the wild berry in the hydrocharge and then the honeycomb yeah. in the in the um protein i've found like this little like perfect recipe of just like the honeycomb a banana a little bit of nutella just a little bit and some peanut yes. butter and it's it's yeah. like the best dessert at like it's so good um it's uh, good to hear well that, that's interesting because what even with the flavor stuff we did, um, I researched that quite a bit, um, yeah. especially for the hydration formulas because mm-hmm. um, it, you can use real, like with everything, with su- any sort of supplements, you, you can use the cheapest, crappiest flavour and products mm-hmm. and it, it'll come up with a horrible, a lot of them come up with like a horrible aftertaste. Or you can go and go to a really good flavour specialist and get something that's very, very high quality and that's what I wanted to. I didn't want to have anything that unless it was the best with the product no matter what no matter if it costs more i could care less i just wanted to make it the best and that's that's really great to hear yeah well that's like the whole point like you want to be able to take a supplement that tastes nice like i don't want to be dry heaving after it you know what i mean like and it's so cool because like um you send me a lot of samples um and i've given them out to my athletes and like these these are kids like they're like they're as young as probably 11 12 um and as old as like 18 to 25 they range and not one of them have had a complaint like they all think it tastes so good and they're all asking like when are you doing another order like we need more we're running out like you know so they must be taking it on a daily for them to be running out and that just comes down to you know flavor so that's awesome for you guys yeah yeah and it's great to hear and it pays off if you're obviously going to put in the work and the effort like it'll pay off for sure um i had like i loved our conversation we had on the phone and so i kind of like you opened my eyes to a lot of things obviously like any industry there's already there's always secrets or things you know and um i remember that like uh you you told me a few things on just you know different percentages and we don't have to get into the numbers but um 
Like yeah. when when you're looking for a supplement, obviously everyone go buy Swift. But like if you can't get it, do you know what I mean? Like what what are some maybe like common things that people should know about reading like a label um, when it comes to supplements or what they should avoid um, when they're looking at supplements? Um, so the first thing, if you can if you can find out where it's made, probably number one thing. Australian made is is we've got quite you know pretty good standards, so um, that's important. Uh, the other thing, the integrity of the company and the brand. So ha- have a look at uh, what other supplements they make um, and does it add up. So if you're looking for a protein powder from a company um, and you and you think, oh, that looks good in the advertising, ha- have a look at, you know, it, it has attracted you to that. Have a look at what other supplements they make. And, do, do, you know, do they make, say, testosterone-boosting supplements or hormone supplements? And it's all bullshit. Like, I, can, I can't tell you how much it is. It, it, it's detrimental for people's health, that sort of thing, yeah. most likely. Um, and then the same with weight loss supplements. I just think they're just absolutely crap. And, and pretty much, understandably, in a way, from a business point of view, every single supplement makes weight loss supplements. Every single supplement company yeah, makes yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look into those sorts of things specifically for ingredients. Um, generally, as a general rule, if it's got you know thirty ingredients in it um, or, or a, a lot, uh, don't probably steer clear because it's most likely underdosed. And what the industry does, again from a marketing standpoint, is they'll put say a lot of ingredients in a product, and then they'll use each ingredient for a marketing cycle. So it's not they're putting ingredients for a label claim not necessarily because it works. So the hot thing might be a certain amino acid for, for six months and they'll pump that marketing cycle. And then they'll go to the next ingredient, which might be another amino acid or, or, or something like that, maybe creatine or who knows, a type of protein. And they'll pump that and they'll use that in the marketing cycle. And from a marketing standpoint, it's fantastic because you keep it fresh and you keep attracting different people for, for different things to buy that product. Um, but it's... Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's all about marketing, so mm. be, be wary of, of that. Um, the other thing is specifically because I mean, I think most of your listeners and viewers will be uh, interested in sort of taking protein powders to get their yeah. protein yeah. up. Um, and, and this happens across them in other sort of supplements, but is the way that they uh, increase, supplement companies may increase their profit margin by using fillers and but advertise what is the so they might have for example for protein they might advertise it's hydrolyzed whey protein and they say oh it's fantastic from this amazing source or, or the highest quality source but if you look at the label it, and they all say and you what mine definitely doesn't say it just says hydrolyzed whey protein but it will uh it'll say whey protein blend and so what that means in australia or anywhere what they can do is then they can put in Two percent hydrolyzed whey protein, and then they can put the rest in some sort of really cheap protein, anything they no like. Way. I mean, I've, I've I've seen everything to, from sort of really cheap whey protein isolate and caseinate all the way down to milk solids, which are just you know fillers really. Yeah. Um, and people one day will wonder why they get so bloated and unwell, and they think, oh, it's okay, and they have yeah. their protein shake. It's like it's not a good thing for an athlete to be constantly bloated when they're having a protein shake. It's taking a ton of energy out of their system to, to deal with that, mm. and that's affecting their performance. Uh, so I'd, I'd look for whey protein blends. I'm very, very, um, very sceptical on those. It, it's, it's very easy to advertise what's fantastic on the front and pepper it in at 2% and then use 
anything you like on the back and most pe- 99% of the people that you ever talk to have, have, have no idea at all about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that, that goes for every type of supplement. They can do that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy. what I'd be looking out for. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you. I think that's a great insight. And I know a lot of just the general population, but even trainers, like, you know, and coaches, they wouldn't even know those simple little things. So um, that yeah. was a great help. And another question I had just leading on to that from because I remembered, you know, we spoke a bit about like pre-workouts. Um, that seems to be yes. like a fad. Like everyone can't train without some sort of pre-workout these days. And like that's one of my common questions. Like, Mads, what pre-workout do you take? And I'm like, I hate pre-workout. Like I don't like the itchy, yeah. like to be honest with you. Um, like my pre-workout is just a, a general coffee, you know. Um, but yeah. you had a chat, obviously, and you were telling me about like no pre-workout for kids under the age of 16. Um, and like I see mm-hmm. so many young kids in the gym taking pre-workout. So can you give us a little bit of knowledge about like what is pre-workout, why we shouldn't really be taking it, um, and especially at a young age, and just give us some info on that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's it's very important that pre-workouts uh, generally I like to, and a lot of things, especially in supplements, um, I like to treat them as a tool in a toolbox. I always use that sort of um, phrase. And you take them when you sort of really need them. And so the, a lot of pre-workouts on the market, they're really from bodybuilding, I suppose, um, and, and targeted at that market. And they are full of stimulants of dip, all different types, you know, three, 400 milligrams of caffeine. You know, if you think there's, I think there's about 50 or 60 milligrams in a coffee. Yeah. So, um, and with caffeine, you'll find that if they continue, and all these other stimulants, if they continue, the athlete or, or, or trainer continues to take them over and over again for three weeks, the body gets used to it. And they're not so, after say about three weeks, we find that it sort of drops off and they're kind of used to it. But if they run out, let's say the tub finishes and they go to do their training and they haven't had this huge stimulant kick, they feel like crap. Yeah. And they they feel like they're not training well. So then they start relying on the supplement. And that's the worst thing for an athlete to think they rely on it. It's just just not right. So um, that's something they have to be, athletes have to be, and people, trainers, anybody has to be very careful about. Stimulants in pre-workouts, I don't think are a good idea. Um, I think that you, so my my pre-training product, which I, I don't really call it pre-workout, but my pre-training product is um, uh, like stimulant-free. I don't use any caffeine yeah, or nice anything in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason, one of the reasons for that, besides the um, you know constant not having the athlete constantly use that uh, or, or use have caffeine, is that it's the tool in the toolbox. You can use caffeine very well when you need it. I can give you a really good example. I was at um, a competition with an athlete and they were, they were competing twice in the day. And the first race he came in and he's like, I'm flat. And for some reason, athletes just get flat. They can have the yeah. perfect diet, the perfect lead up. And for whatever reason, they feel flat. And I then, I, um, what I do, I always have these little things. I've got them somewhere. Um, they're, they're little things called Revies, right? And it, it is a little plug to the company Revies, which I really love. So um, they're small little tat, like uh, remember those Listerine things that melt on your tongue oh, yeah. and fresh in your yeah. breast? Yeah. They're, they're like that, but with caffeine, with oh, cool. I think 40 milligrams of caffeine in them. And I always hold have that, used to have them on hand for when my athletes might need them when they were flat. And anyway, I gave him one of those and 
the psychological benefit of a kick of caffeine is almost more important than the physiological benefit. He started feeling good, yeah. which means his body started feeling good, and he went out and won that race by a country mile after yeah, that. Yeah, wow. And I'm, I swear it's a, it's part of the psychological effect yeah, of like caffeine that placebo. making you feel good. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. So, so that's why I don't use... Uh, caffeine in, in the pre-workouts. Yeah. Um, I think they're, um, it's in, it's any athlete, whether younger or older, uh, shouldn't be reliant on it. You know, like you don't want an athlete getting to a competition and forgetting their pre-workout and thinking that they can't win. Yeah. Like it's, it's not it. Um, you can use it, uh, load on it, certain ingredients you need to load for the competition, but generally that's what I do. I tell them to take it about 20 or 30 days out Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 all use it when they feel like they need it in a hard training session or when they're in a hard training block. But definitely not all these, you know, crazy ones with all these stimulants in it. And you know, there's a lot of other issues like heart issues that can come from the, some of these crazy stimulant riddled ones. Um, you know, blood pressure problems and and that. And you also don't know what's in it. For years and years, there've been products that've gone through cycles with the same labelling just changing ingredients because they've been found to have banned substances in them. And oh, wow. pre-work's a real high likelihood of getting, or much higher likelihood of getting contamination or banned substances. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was a product years and years ago. It had a, a type of amphetamine in it they found. And it was on the shelves in Australia. Like it was on it in supplement stores. And no way. They, yeah, they ended up banned. It was, of course, I think it was called Craze or something. Okay. And, um, or, or Crazy or something like that. And... Uh, it just goes. You've just got to be super careful, and you know, I always say, yeah, try those sort of things. Try a, a pre-training product without stimulants last, and you know, to see how you go. And the other thing is, always test it during training. Never bring anything new into competition. So with the caffeine strips, I always tested it with my athletes during training because mm-hmm. you don't want to give them something that they start having a maybe they've they're sensitive to caffeine and at a race they're already anxious, they don't need to be stimulated and they take one and they have a panic attack or they start getting really anxious yep. and they, you know, lose focus. So, um, yeah, that's totally so makes sense. My, my stance on pre-workouts. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is good. And um, I think, like, everything, there's a time and a place for everything and that kind of leads in, into my next question is um, a lot of people don't um, really know, like, what a supplement is like they think sometimes that like it is a meal replacement but i don't see that as like a meal replacement that's why they're called supplements they're meant to like supplement your lifestyle so like help you so um i want to obviously get that from the expert being you what it like where is like the perfect time and place for different supplements and like how would you supplement you know your your protein when should you have it um that's a big question obviously people always that's a big battle you probably get when should i have my protein before i train or after i train yeah. you know um so just give us a little bit of an insight about um yeah like uh, i guess placement in a nutrition uh plan or your lifestyle where supplements come into play um well uh, sure first things first make sure you'll get you're hitting your numbers correctly like with your protein intake in regards to your normal diet and hydration and and those sorts of things so you're getting the right amount of protein and carbs and that sits well on your gut um and to tick that box with with as, as consistently as you sort of can before you even bring in supplements into the uh equation and then you, you can say, okay, so um, I need more protein. I need to, need to up my protein 
uh, when's an easy time to take it? Usually straight after training. There's some evidence to take it for fast digesting proteins straight after training. Other people say there's no evidence for it if you hit your um, if you hit your protein intake anyway. Um, I like to take it straight after training because it's convenient. Um, using something with very hot, like a very high a leucine amino acid. So we use a, a leucine amino acid added to our hydrolyze. So I think we have probably the highest um, the highest value or highest volume of leucine in each of our scoops. Yep. Uh, because that, that's what the evidence suggests that we, you know, for the athletes. Um, yeah. So look, after training um, is usually easiest and convenient. Uh, most people do like to, to do that. And then when you're not training, just in, in between your meals or, or whenever you feel it's, uh, you feel you can Necessary. drink it. Some people like to have it with their meals, some people don't. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's up to them. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on like, I know you obviously have the intra, which I take, obviously, when I train and my athletes take um, during their yeah. race day. So can you uh, kind of give us a little bit of info around that and why we need to be taking that through a race day or a training day and how it actually helps the body and the athlete? Yeah, a few things. So with the, with the training part, it's, it's called hydrocharge. So there's lots of, you know, obviously uh, the, the hydration aspect of it, enabling your body to you know, hydrate more. Um, there's the carbohydrate aspect in it. And, you know, uh, it is it gets it into the system nice and quickly. It doesn't sit on your gut. So it's not like eating, you know, a, a wrap or a chicken wrap or something like that or chicken and rice and those sorts of things. It's, it's, you can use it during your race. A lot of people, depending, you know, it's like triathletes will have it in their bottle yeah. um, and uh, to keep energy up, keep your energy up because obviously, you know, you're using a whole heap mm-hmm. um, it's, and it's, it's quick and easy. Um, yeah, that's that's... And it tastes good because kids don't want to drink water. (laughs) Absolutely. But the other thing is, interesting with taste, so I when when I was looking at the taste of hydrocharge, I was talking to um, some guys who raced the Hawaiian Ironman and and testing a little bit with them and discussing uh, when when they compete, they actually said to me they want something that doesn't, especially in the Ironman, like any endurance event, they don't want something too sweet. Yeah. And I found that really interesting because I actually found a, a research paper on um, how you the, the harder your endurance sort of event is, or if you do long endurance events, the people can the athlete or can perceive the taste as much stronger. So something is sweeter will be feel a lot sweeter. So they requested like if you like especially yeah, the well, orange flavor to yeah. dial it back. So and they love it because it's not super insanely sweet. It, it's just palatable, yeah. And but it's still not water. Yeah. You know, it still doesn't taste bland. 100%, um, yeah. So like little things like that, I like to look into. Like there's even research on taste and endurance sort of thing. So yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing, but it does make sense because that was one of the conversations we had with the athletes. Is we actually enjoyed it because it wasn't sweet. Like that was one of the main things we just said. It just mm. tastes like. Um, like a natural almost the orange one one of the kids I think said it tastes like almost like a, a natural juice like it's good for yeah. them like it's not all those sweeteners and the pulp and all that in it so for a kid to figure that out and you know it's obviously saying so it means it's it's good um but all right let's I have a question we're kind of going to go left center so we're not going to talk supplements but we're going to talk about 
more of the business side of things for a second. So um, obviously a lot of people that listen to this too, they may have a business, maybe starting a business. So can you give us um, a little bit of a rundown on, you know, how did, how did you start Swift? Um, You know, like starting a business can be quite challenging. Um, What's maybe a challenge that you faced and how you overcame it and, and, you know, failure and all that sort of stuff. Um, Just give us a little bit of a rundown on that. Uh, Sure. Uh, So as I sort of said earlier that we've, the, uh, I started the business almost a little bit by accident yeah. because I was, you know, um, there seemed to be a bit of end up being a bit of demand, and I think that for me that was a good place to start because I really believe by the product. You know, it wasn't um, think of oh, I want to make a supplement brand and Google it and then order this, you know, order the standard crap from you know overseas. I won't say where, but certain places overseas which sell just you just they just send it to you in yeah. tubs and you just label it really. Um, and there's low standards in that. And, um, but I, I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, trying to put this in a, a good sort of chronological way yeah. that, you, that that would work. So um, first things first, that you just – I've failed so many times on so many things. It is ridiculous. Yeah, as and we all do. It, at the start, I took it so hard. Like yeah. I'd do something and I took it – I took it – terribly hard until um uh, you'll sort of learn uh, actually failure is like a learning moment sort of thing um and the other thing is a friend of mine who's very 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 successful uh who actually mentors me he's much, much older than i am um he's like the most successful people are generally the ones that have failed the most yep and 100%. so don't don't be even athletes like um I think there's an old Michael Jordan quote that says, you know, he's taken so many amounts of shots and missed so many, but he's still, you know, a, a champion or something. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, uh, but the it's, um, yeah, learning to deal with failure in a positive way uh, for both athletes or business person or anybody really uh, as something to, okay, that sucked. Uh, I, you know, of course, you dis- people get disappointed and that's normal. Uh, but to move and go, all right, I've done that, I won't do it again. Yeah. And how can I do it better next time? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's been really important and something that doesn't, it's not something you go like that and it changes. It's like I'm still working on making yeah. sure I don't take yeah. it, take do it you, too, um, too hard. Do you have like a, this is going left centre, but do you have like something that you do when you come up to like a roadblock or a setback um is there something like for me obviously I always try and explain to people you know I train um I talk to a friend or something have you found some way that you cope when there is like a setback or a problem like what do you what do you do uh two things uh probably get away from it and go and do something completely different wherever it's a run walk on the beach ignore it not ignore it, but don't just yeah. Don't use it. Yeah, if, it's, if, it's, if it's agi- if it's agitating you, be very confident in being able to park it and mm-hmm. come back to it. Oh, I you've like got that. You. Um, yeah, that's that sort of thing. Get a mentor that is good and that's not in your business. It has nothing to do with your company or, or workplace. Get a good mentor. So if you work at a have a job and there's uh, your boss there, they're not your mentor. Don't do, don't use it. They may help you and mentor you, but get someone that's completely outside, someone who's failed heaps and really successful yeah. um, or has success so you can call on them and say, hey, can I have a coffee? I've got this problem. And a lot of times you end up sort of talking your own answer into sort of yourself by telling them about it and 
they may give you some a few small prompts, but you actually cure whatever you're trying to figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of time they've got a lot of advice. And make sure they're not young, you know, yeah. because it, they, they have to be old, people who are getting towards retirement age because they'll want to be more likely to provide advice to you. They've been around a long time, um, uh, more knowledgeable, and they're probably a bit more flexible with their time. And yeah. they've obviously experienced a lot more. And I think it's so important. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I think mentors are definitely are a massive help because they and it's that outside of you, you know, like you you're in it, so you're looking at it from one view, and then they've come over the top and they just look at something from a completely different view. And I think that is such a undervalued um, asset that you could have, especially when you're running a business, but also an athlete. Like I know probably yourself um, would have done this a lot. You know, a coach we look at it from a completely different view to an athlete, and that's the best thing about having a coach. Mm. I think yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, another thing I'd, I, I'd suggest or I, I think this is um, probably advice I could give my younger self would be you've got time. Don't, there's no rush, you know, like in things. Make, do the best you can at something and you don't generally. I mean, there will be times where you need to get things done quickly. And But if you're starting a business or something, don't think that it needs to be tomorrow or you know in five in five weeks you need to have this big business like take it slow and get it right first um and don't feel that you have to rush obviously be diligent and get the work done and don't don't stuff around but understand and in a lot of things like even with, with athletes as well um they've got time don't rush it um yeah make the most of it yeah well i think that's perfect and that kind of answers my last question i had for you i said the last question was uh, what advice that you would give to the listeners. So I think you've just nailed it there. I think a lot of people get scared that they're going to miss out. On, and I think that they get scared that someone is doing better than them and they start comparing. Do you find that happens a lot? Yeah. I, again, something I used to do a lot. Of, I think that's probably the age of Instagram a little bit. Um, you, you see everyone sort of highlight reels and uh, what's, you know, some people can look super successful but not be successful. Um, the same thing, like, whether it's the athletes seeing other competition training and yeah. they're training their butts off and they're like, oh, you know, they're doing all this and you feel like, oh, shit, I'm not training enough when maybe they're overtraining or maybe it's just their Instagram or their, you know, what they're projecting out and doesn't have anything to do with them. And same with work and business and competition. Like the supplement industry is, is such a huge, huge competition industry. And if you, if for me, if I, my small company, if I get wound up on what everyone else is doing and oh, I should be doing this and comparing myself to them and where they're at, um, it's, it's, it's not really helpful. Yeah. Um, so you, you just stick to your sort of own path and go with your gut and uh, yeah, hopefully it sort of works out. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, thank you so much. That's an awesome little podcast. We smashed out half an hour. Look at that. It went so fast. Oh. It was good. <laughs> Thank yeah. you um, so much for, for taking the time. I know you're very busy, especially with um, COVID and lockdown. So I really no appreciate you jumping on. Um, if anyone listening <laughs> to this has any more questions or wants to contact um, Jarrah, it's uh, Swift Supplement. So you can contact him on Instagram probably um, and yep. then website and everything like that. I'm sure he's more than willing, like he did for me, to answer any questions. Um, I can vouch. I take them daily and like, they're the best supplements I've tasted. Um, so he's not paying me to say that i'm saying that for free so it's all good um but thank you so much jared for coming on um and we might do another one in a couple more months we'll see how we go yeah that'd be great thank you very much for having me no worries see ya